This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, a new report shows how VA did adapting to the new normal. Many federal employees stepped up to help out with the coronavirus response. And now that the election's over, it's safe for feds to wear their favorite political attire again. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Veterans Affairs Department transitioned 415,000 employees to a remote workforce, quickly retrofitted a North Texas hospital, and gave 1,000% more telehealth appointments. These are just some of the department's biggest accomplishments in 2020. A new report highlights the department's IT initiatives during the pandemic, which involved the deployment of 199,000 laptops and 11,000 mobile devices. VA is tracking a record number of COVID-19 cases among its veterans, employees, and others, though. Almost 6,500 veterans have active cases. Over 4,000 veterans have died to date due to complications from COVID-19. VA facilities are currently treating 606 inpatients. Another 564 VA employees also have active cases. A total of 63 VA employees have died. VA facilities in Minneapolis, Milwaukee, and Chicago are tracking the most active cases. So far, the department has performed formed close to 880,000 tests among veterans and employees. A temporary detail program got some interest from federal employees during the pandemic. More from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Over 650 federal employees applied to temporary jobs at other federal agencies needing help with their pandemic response. The Office of Personnel Management set up a designated section of USA Jobs called Open Opportunities so employees could apply. Agencies placed just nine employees in temporary COVID details since March. Eight others are in the security clearance process. Another one 100 federal employees participated in shorter micro-details with other agencies. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. Starting December 5th, contractors and agencies using the federal procurement data system will have to log on using two-factor authentication for each account. The General Services Administration says it will implement the login.gov service as part of how it's increasing the security of the platform. Users will have to create an account, use an existing one with login.gov, or federal employees can use their smart identity cards to authenticate into the system. The requirement of all federal websites to use multi-factor authentication is mandated by the 2016 Cybersecurity National Action Plan. The IRS gives an update on next steps for its Enterprise Digitalization and Case Management Office. The agency's tax-exempt and government entities division will be the first to migrate to the agency's new cloud-based enterprise case management system in December. The agency says this will enable the division to digitize the more than 30,000 letters and forms it receives every year. The IRS expects to speed up the rate of its migration later this fiscal year and expects its procurement needs will be roughly $25 to $50 million for all of fiscal 2021. The Navy releases a major upgrade to its overhauled pay and personnel IT system. More from Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Officials expect the new Navy Personnel and Pay System, or NP2, to come fully online in January of 2022. In the meantime, several new features just rolled out last week. They include the ability for sailors to handle travel vouchers and reimbursements through a new automated process, including electronic signatures. The new release also lets sailors view electronic versions of their service records on mobile devices or personal computers and lets some reservists 
review and print their mobilization and demobilization orders online. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. DOD wants to bring the technology behind Bitcoin to the military as a service. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Blockchain as a service may be coming to the Defense Department. The Defense Information Systems Agency released a request for information to industry asking for details about products and services that can run in a mainframe environment. DISA wants contractors to answer six questions ranging from their technical capabilities to their current contracts to buy blockchain as a service through to their approach to software licensing. Responses to the RFI are due November 10th. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is hosting a series of workshops on 5G. It's working with state, local, tribal, and territorial governments to help them understand and prepare for security considerations. The workshops focus on risk management. The first occurred in Washington, D.C. two weeks ago. More than 180 participants attended that one, including federal agencies, D.C. government, and members of the private sector. The next workshops will occur later this month in Utah and Minnesota. CISA's Supply Chain Risk Management Task Force is looking to address the problem of third-party risk management. The task force is putting together a template that will allow vendors to self-attest to their security practices. This template would consist of a customized set of questions. Vendors could submit their answers for procurements, giving the purchasers insight into their cyber hygiene. This is just one of a number of the task force's initiatives to mitigate potential supply chain threats. The Postal Service prioritized ballot delivery speed above traceability as part of its extraordinary measures. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The head of election mail processing for USPS says the agency doesn't have clear data yet on the number of postmark ballots still in its system that can be delivered in states that will still accept them. But the agency expects to provide that data by Thursday morning. After a federal court judge ordered sweeps in processing sites, the Postal Service turned up 13 ballots in processing sites in Pennsylvania and 815 ballots left behind in Texas. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. And the election may not be settled, but now you can wear your Biden button or MAGA hat to the office or on that Zoom meeting. Federal News Network's Tom Temin explains. The Office of Special Counsel issued a post-election Hatch Act advisory. The voting is over, so the OSC says it's okay, at least legally, to sport hats or t-shirts or to display pictures while you're on duty. That goes for people in uniforms or who must also display official insignias. And if you dare, it's okay to talk about the election results or the candidates. But still no party or political advocacy while on the job. I'm Tom Temin. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. 
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.